Welcome to Central Line, the AHA podcast. This is the official podcast of the American Animal Hospital Association, dedicated to simplifying the journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine for every member of the veterinary team. Here's your host, Dr. Katie Berlin. Hi, welcome back to Central Line. I'm your host, Katie Berlin. I'm here with a special guest today, Melody Martinez. I apologize ahead of time if this episode is a million years long because I have met Melody now twice and um, I, for some reason, cannot shut up around her. So (laughs) I I think this is going to be a fun conversation. I apologize if it's long, but I think it'll be good. So Melody, welcome to Central Line. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. So Melody, would you mind just giving us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got to be here talking to us? Yeah, I am a certified veterinary technician. I've been a technician since, oh, about 2007. Feels like two lifetimes ago. Um, And uh, I've been, so I've been in and out of the veterinary industry um, around 2015. um, I stopped working clinically and actually left the industry altogether um, to work uh, in uh, social justice, human, human centered, like nonprofits, uh, particularly food justice and environmental justice. Um, And then eventually um, kind of pivoted that into philanthropy. So fundraising, nonprofit fundraising, um, as well as, um, uh, consultation and facilitation of DEI. So currently I work as a DEI consultant uh, with my own firm and uh, work with with all manner of clients. So I work with a lot of mission-driven organizations, um, nonprofits, um, some uh, universities as well as um, for-profit businesses. And usually the for-profit businesses I work with are uh, businesses that are really mission driven, whether it's they they're cooperatives, so they have a non traditional structure um, to what they do, or they're really centering like their 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 brand is about really centering who they are, um, what they believe, um, and and that being kind of uh, unique for for whatever industry that they're in. So. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of DEI coaching and cons- consultation as well as uh, organizational culture assessments, things like that, um, helping organizations really kind of live into the values that they say that they have and making sure that the people that work there really feel those values and are a part of um, helping embed them into the culture of the organization. Um, I'm also the president of the Multicultural Veterinary Medical Association, um, first veterinary technician as president. Um, and we are, <laughs> we are the only one, cause there's only been, we've only been around for so long. Um, <laughs> still, <laughs> but we are, uh, yeah, we're, we're a nonprofit that focuses on, um, diversifying the, the veterinary profession and really talking about what equity and inclusion looks like helping lead, um, the efforts for equity, racial equity in particular and inclusion, um, in the veterinary profession. And so, um, really excited. Uh, MCVMA is, is kind of the organization I'd been waiting for my whole career. I just hadn't realized it until they they showed up. Um, so really grateful. I, I, I really grateful for them because a lot I think a lot of the opportunities, me feeling like reintegrated into the profession after leaving clinical a clinical space. Mm-hmm. I think I really chalk it up to MCVMA. Um, but, you know, I was volunteering a lot. I was still within the realm of, of um, the veterinary profession, but um, I didn't feel as close to it as I once had when I was, you know, a tech every day. Um, 
And so, yeah, I worked in animal welfare as well. I worked at Farm Sanctuary in New York, um, where I was a caregiver for two years. So I worked with large animals, uh, poultry, just all manner of, I, I couldn't be satiated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when that ended, I was like, let's do emergency. I kind of just, you know, kind of went all over the place um, until I really realized, like, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to do something different. And my return was about like using what I've learned mm. to come back into the space and make it better than, than how it was when I left, when I left the clinical practice. So yeah, that's a, that's a lot about me. It's a, it's a long and winding <laughs> road for sure. And um, not a typical story, but that actually is typical of a lot of the people that we talk to on this podcast, because um, I think everybody's got a sort of an origin story, you know, about why they are here, why they stayed, why they came back um, and why they're doing the specific thing that they're doing now, which usually is maybe a little bit different than what they saw at the beginning um, in terms of your own sort of guiding light in the work that you do, what is it for you? What is that light? What's powering that guiding light? Um, I, for me, it's always been like a vision of a more just society. Mm -hmm. And I think that that started, if I could say it in one sentence, that's it. But like, I think that really started actually with my career in veterinary medicine, right? Like I did not, if you asked me in 2006, if that was my guiding principle, I, it wouldn't have been. Um, and not because it wasn't, it's because I didn't realize, yeah. I didn't realize it. And in veterinary medicine, I think I found what I, what I loved about it. I was talking to one of my old bosses the other day, um, you know, and I said, you know, I went into emergency and as much as I loved like the advanced things I was able to do all that I was learning, the like pace of it all, I had never felt more empowered as, I, as a technician than an emergency but I said, I really missed the connection with the clients because oftentimes a triage would come to the back and that's where the texts kind of hung out. We didn't really interact with the clients as much. And I said, I really missed that piece. And she said to me, that's not a surprise to me. That's always who you were. You were always the greatest in the exam room. Even though you were surgical tech, eventually you were greatest in the exam room. Um, you're good with people. And I said, I just, what, what I loved about kind of, being in general practice and being able to connect with clients was that, you know, I was part of building their toolkit, mm -hmm. right? So part of my, you know, I want to make the world a more just place wasn't just for people, but for everyone, for animals, right, as well. And so like, part of that was, was being kind of a guide, a guide for those owners to be kinder, towards their animals, be better stewards of care, be better stewards of humanity. Like how good can humans be towards an ent another species, right? Yeah. And so for me, that was my guiding principle then was just like, I love this because I get to be someone who helps someone else be really great, a really great example of humanity. Um, and I still, that still guides me today, whether it's with animals or with people, um, I just want, or whether it's with workplaces where it's like, can I help guide an organization to being, sh showing its best self to its staff, showing its best self to its clients or its customers, um, or, or to whoever is like the, ser the service user, if it's a nonprofit at the uh, on the other end. Um, I, like, I like helping people along. I, I love it. And I love the way that you phrase that about, you know, 
your role was to help, uh, you know, somebody in that exam room, like holding their cat, be the best version of themselves that they could be to that cat and like show that cat that humans are good too. And like, we're here to take care of you. Like I, that's a really noble mission. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody put it that way before, but I love that. Um, It's a lot of responsibility when you think about it that way, but it's also just a really empowering opportunity um, for anybody on the veterinary team to say like, I played a role in making that pet family's life better together. Yeah. I always think of it. It's even if it was showing someone how to clean their dog's Mm -hmm. ears who had never done it before. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is so exciting. (laughs) I get to show you this. Let me show you how to do this in a way that, that, uh, so that you feel empowered so that you feel you learned something, you know how to do this at home. You can take care of your dog really well. Um, you understand how to do it in a way that supports your dog's, you know, mental well, like mental health, well-being. Like it's not, they're not scared, right? All of these things that, um, and, and the person now knows how to do mm-hmm. a thing, right? Um, I, I love that. I do it with my friends. They're like, hey, my dog's having this issue, my cat, I need help with this. And I'm like, bring them over. How can I help? <laughs> you know, like, I just, I love, I love helping people learn some of those things so that they, they can feel like they can do it, you know? Um, and I think, I actually, you know what? I think that that really started because that's the kind of culture the practice where I kind of grew up as a tech, that's the kind of culture they mm. had. And that's, that's what made me feel like, hey, it was very teach one, do yeah. one, right? And so, um, so I feel like that, that part of me of like teaching others actually came from the people that surrounded me who taught me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Very cool. I just put that together now. I didn't, I I never thought of that before. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you are at a place where everybody rolls their eyes when they have to like teach a client something, that's what you're going to absorb. And if you work at a place where the culture is, this is an opportunity to be part of something special and have this person walk out of here feeling like they can do this and it's going to make everyone's lives better. Um, then that's a completely different vibe. And if that's what you take with you, it's going to change your whole career. So yeah, yeah, very, very cool. Yep. I was, I was very lucky to work with, uh, technicians, assistants, um, who, when I was first learning, who were very excited mm. to, to help me along, um, and did not roll their eyes and did not huff and did not do any of those things of like, I can't believe I have to do this. They were, they were excited for the help yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they were excited. They were excited to be, I think they were excited to be in the position mm. of, of helping someone yeah. else. Right. And so, um, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a, that's a good segue for today because we are talking about the mentoring guidelines, um, and about mentoring in general. Mentorship is, um, is not limited. We talk a lot about like veterinarians, new grad veterinarians finding a mentor and stuff like that, but every member of the veterinary team could use some really good mentorship. And, you know, we'll talk a lot about what that might look like, but I was wondering, you know, we've had, um, a number of task force members on the podcast, um, several technicians and, um, I'm always interested to know because I think it's a really um, great part of the task force that we have people in different roles um, sort of com- collaborating on these. I think we had a vet student um, on the task force, too, and that was exciting um, and such an important part of understanding what good mm-hmm. mentorship looks like. Um, but what was it like for you being on the task force? Did you have a good experience? Oh, 
I did. I loved it. I I pretty much knew most of the people mm-hmm. who were on the task force prior to, to joining. Um, <laughs> I remember when I got the email <laughs> asking me to join, and I actually emailed back <laughs> to the to the AHA contact, and I said, "Did you mean to send this to me?" <laughs> no, you <Because> didn't. <laughs> I did. I were did. you like, is someone punking me? <laughs> like, is it? Do they mean yeah, me? I mean, I mean, I really thought so. Like I said, did you mean to send this to me? I'm, I I said, I'm a technician. um, And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that I could be a part of that. Like I, I didn't realize that I was being looked at to, to like for my expertise in a certain area. And so I, (laughs) I literally emailed back and I was like, I think you made a mistake. I, did you mean to send this to me? I'm not a doctor. Uh, And they were like, no, we meant to send it to you. Oh my god. And I was like, oh I have, I have so many feelings about that. <laughs> like on the one hand, like I hate that that like you know, we don't this isn't just normal to have technicians and yeah. managers and you know CSRs like just yeah. be waiting for the call, you know, to contribute all of yeah. this experience and knowledge. On the other hand, I'm so glad that you got that email. <laughs> and also, it makes me think of when when I got accepted to vet school, um, the first school that I heard from was Cornell, and they didn't do interviews or anything. And so I heard from them like way early. And the dean, Dean Smith, um, called me, he just called us on the phone. And it was like, before Christmas. So I thought I had weeks to wait. And he just called everyone and he was like, congratulations. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, like, who is this? And he's like, it's Dean Smith. And I was like, "Mm." and he's like, would you like me to give you my office number? So you can call me back (laughs) and get my assistant because it's definitely me. I absolutely thought someone was punking me. And so instead I like told the Dean of the entire vet college that he wasn't who he said he was. It was, it was a good start. Oh my gosh. Auspicious beginning to my veterinary (laughs) career. But anyway, that's what it made me think of. So we all have that moment. Um, But I hope the next time you'll, you get an email like that, you will immediately believe it is for you. Yeah, I think I don't even remember if like there were, I don't think anyone else was copied. Like I didn't get to see that everyone else on the task Uh. force was a doctor, but uh, I, I don't think I saw that. I think it just came to me and I was just like. There was there was also no like no context like so and so gave me your yeah. name as someone who could it was just kind of like we want you to do this and I was like you have the wrong person <laughs> amazing amazing um, but my but my experience was actually really great it was it was such an interesting thing this aha podcast is brought to you by Care Credit Care Credit understands that all veterinary teams are busier than ever. To help patients get the care they need, the CareCredit Health and Pet Care Credit Card allows clients to access a budget-friendly financing experience anytime from anywhere on their own smart device. They can learn, see if they pre-qualify, apply, and even pay if approved, all on that smart device. With just a tap, they have a friendly, contactless way to pay over time for the services and treatments their pet needs, whether it be a general, referring, or specialty hospital as long as they accept the care credit credit card. Do you have a favorite like pearl of wisdom from the guidelines? Like if you could just tell people one thing to take away from the guidelines, what's the thing that just struck you the most or that you feel is the Oof. most close to your heart? You know, narrow that entire thing down to one thing. That's all. 
yeah, to one thing. <laughs> I think, you know, I think it's the advice to, to know yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Whether you're the mentor or the mentee, to really like do some self-reflection about what it is that you're looking for in a mentorship relationship, what it is and why you're doing it, right? Why as a mentee you're seeking uh, mentorship, why you're doing it as a mentor, like what's in it for you um, and and really reflecting on what you need from the relationship. Because I think there's a lot of preconceived ideas about what mentorship should mm-hmm. be. Um, and the reality is that mentorship should be that the thing that serves the mentee the most, right? The thing that allows that person to grow mm-hmm. um, and um, supports supports their their career trajectory or just their their personal whatever whatever if there's personal goals involved, their personal goals as well, right? So I think that piece is like the more you know yourself and what you're trying to get out of this and why you're doing it, um, I think the better off you're going to be finding the right support system. Yeah, that really struck me too about the guidelines is um, is the emphasis on like the better you know yourself and the better you know, because not just, you know, what you want to get out of the relationship, but also where your strengths are and, you know, doing the work to learn how to communicate more effectively and to say, okay, this is an area where I need to improve and this is going to be really important to this relationship and the success of my mentee, if you're on the mentor side, right? Like that's, it's, that's one of the things that I love about these guidelines is they don't mince words in terms of like, you are, it's not an SOP checklist that you can just like check off yeah. these tasks. That's training. <laughs> that's, that's like, <laughs> I taught her how to use the anesthesia machine and she passed a quiz, you know, like she hooked it up in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is a such an in-depth and personalized experience and you can't get away with not doing the work if you wanted to be successful. And that I think is what the guidelines really impressed upon me is like, this is an expectation of yourself as well as of the person that you're working with. Um, So that, I think that was really cool. And, um, you know, I was wondering during that you said, you know, there were times when you guys had kind of spirited discussions, (laughs) opportunities for clarification (laughs) together. Um, Yes. Was that something (laughs) that everybody just brought to the table and like agreed on right away? Or was there some spirited discussion around that in terms of like what that sort of self um, responsibility looked like? You know, I don't think that there were, there were disagreements that were, like value centered in nature. I think everyone who came to the table agreed on some core Mm -hmm. things, right? Like we agreed that uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion were important to include as part of these guidelines, for example. Um, We agreed that, you know, um, sometimes the relationship doesn't work out and that doesn't mean you should just stick with it, right? Um, I think any, any, disagreements we had weren't true disagreements. They were more like, that's not how I would have communicated that. That's not what I think I would have done. Or like, can we, how do we, how do we clarify that so that it's, um, it's actually getting to the heart of what we're trying to say. So I think that that, that's, that's so like important to working together well is saying, Hey, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't disagree with you on this core thing, but how we get there or how we do it I think that's up for discussion. 
Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we were as a task force, where we were like, we all fundamental, no one here disagrees with anyone's lived experience, disagrees with the core, these core values related to the veterinary profession, related to um, society, related to mentorship. But there's a lot of nuance in how we get, we get, we communicate this, or we understand this, or, um, how we integrate it into these guidelines. Um, and I think that's what led to like healthy debates, mm-hmm. especially where there were, where there were strong opinions. Um, and I also think that like what was great about the task force was that we, we were a really diverse group of people. And so we were able to bring stuff. In. I was like, I would not have thought of that because that's not my life. Yeah. That's not my lived experience. So you bringing that in now totally makes sense. And I'm learning something. Um, and I can see why it's so important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one of the things that was really great about that was that we, we looked at each other as like content leaders, yeah. right? Like I did not question someone who's, whose experience was different than mine, who was bringing something that I could, I would not have thought of. Um, I was just like, I believe right. you. Wow. Like I, you know, and so, um, so that was really that was a really great piece of this too is that I think it made any any like mild disagreements like we we knew they weren't going to be the end of the world because right. <laughs> right? you were all or trying we to achieve gonna leave each the other. same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's that was the piece too where we all looked at each other. We knew each other. We were like, "Oh, this is an expert in this area. That's an expert in that area." Um this is great. Yeah. You know, um, I, I trust you. Um, so I think that high level of trust with what people, what people's wisdom and experience mm. actually made for a really great experience. It felt like you were among equals, Yeah, you know? Um, so that was really great. That, um, trust is really important to me. In fact, I have one post-it. We were talking about, um, not being able to live without project management software before we got on here. And, um, true, but I have one post-it stuck to my monitor and this is what it says (laughs) because this is a core (laughs) value for me. And I feel like no matter what we do, you know, the guidelines, this goes back to the content of the guidelines because, you know, nobody's saying like you have to have a mentor that looks like you or that's had the same lived experience that you have, but you have to have a mentor. And as a mentor, you have to see the mentee and say, okay, this person is a subject matter expert in their own experience. And I have to remember that and not try to tell them that it's not that way. Um, and if you have a mentor who doesn't feel that way, (laughs) that's an irreconcilable difference. (laughs) Um, And Dr. Tina Tran was on the podcast um, not too long ago and another uh, past president of the MCVMA. And um, she's wonderful. And we were talking about that because now in her role at the University of Arizona, she's working on, you know, shaping the careers of future vets. And we were talking about, you know, how um, vet students may end up in clinical situations in their, their model. They go out into clinics and, and work um, for their clinical rotations. Yes. And they may un- end up in a place where they don't have anybody there that understands that their lived experience um, on a real visceral level, but that yeah. the clash comes when they don't believe that yours is different or valid. And, um, and they think that's a really key thing to take away from these guidelines for me anyway. It's like, you don't have to pick somebody who 
understands you deeply, you have to pick somebody who wants to understand you and yes. and listen. And there's such a big difference there. Um, yeah. And you're right. Like the field is diversifying. We're trying anyway, <laughs> like making strides. And um, that's key because a lot of the people in practice right now um, don't identify with a lot of the underrepresented groups that we're talking about trying to build pipelines to bring into the profession. And um, we can still be good mentors, but we have to listen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's a big piece of it, um, you know, is is there has to be a willingness to say, hey, I don't know what I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and I'm not expecting you to teach me that. But I'm expecting, uh, but you can expect that I will believe yeah. that you are, like you said, a, a subject matter expert in your own experience. Yeah. Um, and so if that's what that's what you're experiencing in the workplace, or that's what you know you're struggling with, then it's on it's on me to say I believe you, um, and try to support you as as a mentor, right? Try to support you, um, and try to do my own learning so that you don't have to explain everything to me just so I understand. I sometimes tell people. Um, I tell my partner this a lot too. It's like, you don't have to understand why (laughs) you just have to believe me about this. (laughs) You can't argue with me about what is going on in my own life. Like I don't want to have to defend what I believe to you about my own experience. Yeah. I like, I will tell you, I will tell you more later if if you want to, but right now just yes. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I identify with that. Um, so mentoring, a lot of people think new graduates, you know, we're talking about Tina Tran at the university and vet students, you know, um, finding mentors as they enter a profession. So like a brand new tech school graduate or somebody's first day as a vet assistant, um, is mentoring just for new graduates or like newly hired people? No, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I wish, I wish that more people understood that it's not, um, that it's really about anybody at any, it's, you could seek mentorship at any stage in your career. Um, because you, because there's something that you, you've identified that you want to know more about or learn more about yourself or become better at, um, but you need support for that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people also conflate, and we talk about this in the guidelines, they conflate mentorship with training or mentorship with coaching. Um, and those are all, those are all very distinct different mm-hmm. things. Um, and mentorship is really, is really about um, the, the, especially the mentee identifying a place of growth for them. And so the only people mentorship does not work for is anyone who thinks that they have nothing to learn <laughs> about themselves, about their profession, We've all met this person. about anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the person who thinks that they are, they are self-made and they can, you know, they, they know everything and they don't, you know, they don't need to know anything else. And like, those are probably the people who need mentorship. I was going to say, these are definitely not the people you want as your mentor, right? Because they're, <laughs> no. they're definitely not no. open to learning no, from you. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they figured it out. They know how to do everything right. I think mentorship is really about anyone at any stage of their of their journey, of their whether it's and it could be, you know, we often um, think about mentorship is only about what you want to learn as a veterinarian or as a technician or as an assistant, right? It's not about 
like, and, and it, it's, it, it has to be directly related to my job, right? Or my job description. And it's like, not necessarily, it could be related to your growth as a person, right? Like, do you, are there that, that might help you in your profession, right? Maybe you're having a hard time. Maybe you don't see yourself having a hard time necessarily communicating with your clients, but you, you want to improve your communication, right? Just generally, right? Um, you're struggling with that in your personal life, maybe. Um, and so you seek a mentor to help support you grow and learn um, around communication in general, mm-hmm. right? And that supports you in your practice. Um, but maybe that's not why you did it, right? And that's not why you sought a mentor. Um, so mentorship could, re- or maybe you're thinking of a career change, or, you know, you're not, you're wanting to work for industry or you're, you know, leaving clinical, you're trying to think of what to do next, right? And so you seek a mentor who's done that. Um, and maybe that mentor has not done it exactly how you plan to do it. Maybe they're not someone who was a doctor and went into industry. Maybe they're a technician who, you know, you're a doctor, they're a technician who went into a completely different uh, field. Um, and can just show a way of doing that can help support you as you, as you figure your way. Right. Um, and that's the thing is that mentor, I said that specifically, like as you figure your way, because mentorship is not about doing it mm. my way, doing it the mentor's way. It's about the mentor helping the mentee figure out what is your way? What is your way of handling that challenge or, or, or learning more about that or learning more about yourself or taking something to the next step? In your in your career, um, so I think that that's that's why it's important to understand that um, you might need mentorship or you might desire mentorship at any stage in your in your life or your career. Um, yeah, it's and it's really relational. So it's I think it's important that that's that piece is important is that it's not about like you were saying earlier, like checking off mm-hmm. some boxes and saying, "Well, I did it right." Um, it's really relational, and so. Um, it's kind of, it's not therapy, but it's kind of in that, in that vein of like, it's relational, it's focused on you growing personally, professionally. Um, and it depends, you may seek it out at a time where you feel like you, you need something specific, right? Or you need a specific um, kind of support. So it's not always for new grads, although it's beneficial for new grads to, to have mentors. I mean, I've heard a million times over from veterinarians, especially I wish I had had a mentor. My God, I, I wish I had learned, I had, you know, because I was, it was sink or swim. Yeah. I was just, you know, flying by the seat of my pants and I wasn't ready after school. I wasn't ready to just go in. I needed, I, I had so many doubts yeah. about myself. Right. And it's, and a mentor could have so totally supported, um, supported me. Um, so it's definitely super helpful for new grads, but I think we miss out on a lot. And I think people under undervalue themselves and undersell themselves when they don't think, you know, I'm midway through my career or I've made it in my career. I don't need a mentor. And it's like, well, maybe you do. It's just figuring out um, what aspect of your professional life or your personal life um, do you want support with? Do, would you like to improve? Or it's not always about improvement either. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you want to learn more about yourself? Yeah. And how can a mentor help help you do that. Yeah. I love all of that. And the idea that it's not, it's never too late um, to say, you know what, this is something I've struggled with my whole career. And 
I really, I feel like it's getting in the way of me being as happy as I could be and as effective as I could be in this career. And I want to stay here. So what can I do? Maybe I need some help. And asking for help is not always easy, especially when you feel like you should have it together. I think that's a big thing. Like, I'm just thinking about it now. If I went back into practice tomorrow and I was like, you know what? I never really felt comfortable with emergency. I would really like to have a mentor who helps me, like, navigate the transition to emergency, you know, seeing emergencies as a GP. And um, it would be super humbling because I would have to admit everything that I've been skating by not knowing for... (laughs) for like over a decade in general practice, you know, and just got really lucky that it didn't come in and nobody found out I didn't know it. Like, we would have to say that out loud to somebody and then ask them for help with how to navigate those situations. That is very hard. Um, And so finding somebody who's not going to judge you and who recognizes your desire to, like you said, not always improve even, but just learn um, is... And, un- and admit, because we all have strengths and weaknesses, no matter, like you said, nobody knows everything. If they think they know everything, like they probably need this more than anyone. Um, and yeah. it's okay to be human and admit that. But man, it is hard sometimes. Um, you said... Yeah, and I oh, think sorry. that piece too about transitions. Mm. You said like during the transition, yeah. I think mentorship can be really yeah. valuable. That's why we focus so much on the new yeah. grad aspect of it can be really valuable for transitions, but that's not the only transition that exists, right? There were times where I remember, gosh, now I'm thinking like, oh, it would have been so great to have a mentor during this transition that was not a physical transition from like one area of practice to another, but was like a philosophical transition. Mm -hmm. Like I was struggling with, uh, I was like with a moment of like moral distress about something related to the workplace. And I didn't know how to handle it. And I, I was just like, like, it was just kind of not eating away at me, but I was just like, should I be working in veterinary medicine? If I have, if my values, if my values are changing, should I still be here? Is this profession like the right place for me? If these are my, if my values are shifting in this way and I'm seeing issues that cannot be like, cannot be fixed overnight, won't be fixed probably in years within the profession, um, is it time for me to go? And I was having, am I even like, you know, veterinary medicine is such a big part of my identity that it was like really distressing. That's a transition, even thinking about, wow, I've had a values shift or I've had a different way of thinking about something. Having a guide to someone who you can talk to who's kind of been there or who maybe they haven't, but as you're relating your story, they can kind of see things that maybe you've missed because you're so you're you're you might be activated or you're so close to it, right? Um, yeah. Oh man, I really wish I had had a mentor. Um, I had a really good colleague who helped ground me. <laughs> was not my mentor, but helped ground me when I was having like a crisis moment um, yeah. about actually leaving that leaving clinical clinical practice, right? And um, that was a really, that would have been a really great moment to, to have leaned on a mentor, especially someone who already like, who knew me, right, really well. Um, and, or had built a relationship with me prior to that moment when I found myself being like, oh no, this is crisis, right? Um, it would have been really great to have someone to, 
to bounce ideas off of, to talk to someone to say, hey, it's going to be okay. Um, well, what does that mean for your career? What does that mean for, you know, I, I just, there's so many things that mentorship could have really helped me learn about myself, I think, sooner with less activation. Mm, mm-hmm that took me longer to get yeah. to. Like I now understand that transition better today. I think I wouldn't have had to struggle so much if I had had a mentor. Yeah. I I understand that and I thinking back, I think same. You know, there are we've all been through some dark times like of the soul. Um if you've worked in vet med long enough, you probably have been through some dark <laughs> moments of the soul. Yes. And um Knowing that you're not alone in that moment, and like you said, that somebody who you trust, and that's key, because you could post in an online forum, and thankfully they're there, you know, when you need that in that moment, but those people don't know you, and they don't know all of the experiences that led to that moment, and um, it's very hard for a stranger on the internet to give you meaningful advice in those really deep, dark moments, Um, yeah. Where you're like, should I stay? What do I need to do to stay? Or like, if I go, will I be okay? Um, right. What What's missing in this situation? And um, I thankfully have had some very good friends who have helped me do that, but it took a while to find them. And I felt alone for a long time. And I, I wonder, you know, how much impact that has on your career over time if you don't have that early on does your career get shorter because of it? Because you've already chipped away at so much of your sort of resilience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to know too. I'm like, hi, if I had had a mentor, would my path Mm -hmm. have been different? You know, Um, it's like, you know, door A, door B, door C, and I took door A, I could have very easily ended up somewhere else. Um, I, I guess we'll never know, but I also think that like there's so many times where people struggle. You know, it's it's funny. We we're just talking about Dr. Tina Tran. She's not my mentor. <laughs> She's a friend, and I love her dearly. Um, and I remember a, a, a few years ago. It's time is like a warp now. It's like maybe three years ago. How right, long three years ago it was now? 1997. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and I was actually thinking of going to vet school. I was like, I think I finally made my decision. I'm going to be, you know, it was one of those techs that wanted to go to vet school, wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, and uh, I was like, I think I'm going to go to vet school. Oh, I was literally uh, taking classes, prereqs. Like I was, I was like, I got to redo physics. It's been a long time. I got to redo organic chemistry. It's Good been a times. long time. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> of course, those were the only classes I had right. left. <laughs> <laughs> Without the flashcards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was just like, I was in school, I enrolled, I was actually in physics class um, when I was talking to her. And she was like, are you sure about this melody? And I was like, what's not to be sure of? Don't you love your career? You know, she's like, well, yes, 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 yes. But like, one of the things, and again, she's not my mentor, but she gave me some really sage advice, which she was like, I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years. And I know what veterinary school is, and I know where it leads you know, and all the different places where it can lead. And she said, I don't think that this is where your strengths are. And, and not, not to say like you would, she was like, you'd be a great veterinarian. Trust me, that is evident. But 
I just, you know, she said like, I, it's, it's not, it's not in like to a put down kind of way, but like, I see so much more for you. Not to say that yeah. veterinary medicine, that being a veterinarian isn't like amazing, but she was just like, I just see a different path for you where I think that you could really be a part of this profession and support it in a different way. I think if you become a clinical veterinarian, there's something that's going, you're not going to have time. You know, there's something that's going to be lost that I think that you actually uniquely bring because you're not a veterinarian. Oh, I love that. Um, and I said, I said, well, really? And so she really made me think, she was like, really think about this, you know, um, it really think about she's and she's like, I'm, you know, she was saying to me, like, I think that that there are so many different pathways in this profession, but everyone seems to think that that's it. Like you have to become a veterinarian or you're nothing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm glad I'm a vet, but you can be so many things. And still, there are so many things that we need in this profession. Some that have not even, she said, some that were like, that have not even probably like been realized yet or like invented yet. Right. And she used the example of like veterinary social work. Like that is just still so new yeah. to the profession and so sorely needed. And look at how new it is. Right. Um, there could, there's that. You know, because I was tossing that up. I was like, or maybe I'll go to school for social work and become a veterinary social worker. Uh, and she was like, well, you love people. So, <laughs> and you like, why wouldn't you do that instead? You know? Um, and so she was, she was like, but then there are so many other things. Like, we don't even know. Like 10 years from now, we might realize that there's this other kind of auxiliary piece mm. to the profession that's really needed. Yeah that we don't have right now um, in the same way that veterinary social work is really making itself, it is really showing it's showing up in that way. And, you know, animal welfare being again, like kind of a sibling uh, industry, you know, uh, profession that I've been a part of for a long time that that's growing there too. And so I don't know, she, that was like, that was really good advice. And you know what, again, she wasn't my mentor, but had she been, she is not someone who had the same life experience as I did. She is not someone who's even in the same role mm -hmm. as me, but she is someone who understands something that I was going towards better than I do. Um, and that was what was really helpful with her advice is she's been there and she's seen it. And she also knows me. And she said, Hey, like, I'm not saying she never said, don't, I don't she never said, don't do it. She said, think about what other options there are before you make a decision that that's a big one before you make that decision, try to consider some of these other options too. Um, and give it time because you can always, you, that's not go, like going to vet school was not going away, you yeah. know? Um, and so I, I really appreciated that because I think one of the things about ourselves is that we can become one, like one track yes. mind. Like that's the thing, that's the goal, right? And having a mentor or someone giving you advice, and this happens obviously in mentorship, um, that can check you, that can check your beliefs. Well, she asked a lot of, why? Why is that the end goal? Tell me, actually she said, tell me why you want to become a veterinarian. And I think I said something like, I want to help people. And she was like, don't yeah. become a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many other ways to do yeah. that. Um, yes. And, and yeah. I'm very glad that she ask these hard questions of you. And um, yeah, I'm thinking about times when people have said that, you know, mentors are informal or, or otherwise have said that to me, 
too of like why you know or tell me why you want to do that or you know what do you think about that idea and then listening with an ear for like the places that I might the blind spots that I might have about it um and I I really appreciate that um that honest perspective and that is part of what you know you and the task force said in the guidelines about um radical candor you know about that ability to have conversations with someone that are hard, but like, and Tina could have listened to you and been like, you go girl, like go to vet school. You are yeah, like, really yeah, because that's what friends do, right? <laughs> friends like encourage you to yeah. and cheer you on and like, you know, make sure that they're a safety net when you're like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> because everybody who's ever been to I vet actually- school has said that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, everyone I had asked, prior, yeah. like throughout my life, who I'd asked, they discouraged me from going. Uh-huh. I have been actively discouraged several times. So I was like, Oh, no, not you too. I yeah. said, You're <laughs> discouraging me. I said, Shouldn't I be the kind of person who says and she's like, Well, yes, yes, of course. But yeah. I want you to really think about all the other opportunities, because I think that you miss something. It's it's so wonderful to have someone kind of give you a reality mm-hmm. check, right? And if I had answered her questions in a way where she was like, you should definitely yeah. go, right? Um, I think that she would have done that. But I think what she was, she was really deeply listening to me. And when I think back to that conversation and I remember what she asked and, 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 and what I said, I'm like, oh, she was, she was right. Like I, I would have given myself the same advice had I heard mm-hmm what I was saying. Right. And so, you know, ultimately she wasn't like, Oh, it's not that veterinarians don't help people, but I think at the heart of what you're looking for, it's probably not, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time doing clinical things and that's going to take you away from the thing that is actually driving you in that direction. And that thing that's driving you, you could actually have a really meaningful career. You could actually find happiness but not be a doctor. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was like, well, you just saved me thousands yes, of dollars. Like, so literally I really appreciate your advice. Thousands of dollars. <laughs> like that was the most, that was the biggest bargain of the century was that conversation with <laughs> yeah. Tina. And I, I said this to her the other day. I can't remember. Oh, I remember what we were talking about. Um, but I can't say it cause it's, it's it might be a thing later. But anyway, um, but I think I told her like, I couldn't, I didn't think I could love her anymore. Because she said something that was just amazing. And now I love her even more for this conversation that you had. Um, So because I totally agree, like, you know, your perspective and the experience that's led you to where you are now and the work that you're doing now is so important. And it would be a shame if you had to set that part of you aside in order to be um, seeing appointments all day. It's not that seeing appointments all day doesn't have just as much value. It's just, you're so strong in these areas. And this is an area where we really need strong people, um, to help guide the profession in a good direction. Um, so I'm very glad because you might not be here talking (laughs) to me and, um, that, on exactly. a selfish level, I'm very glad that you are. So, um. <laughs> I also think that, you know, it's like there's this thread like um, some people are, you know, I was not happy when I first heard her mm. response. Oh, right. Because you had your I mind like, made well, that's, up. That's, yeah. I was like, that's not what I wanted to yeah. hear. 
you know, and I'm, I'm, I was like, frankly shocked. I was like, you didn't think I'd make a good, a good doctor. She was like, no, <laughs> that's not it. She said, um, I was, I was, I was, I didn't like it. And sometimes your mentor, your mentee will say something that you disagree yeah. with. Right. And I think in that moment, I just, I was like, what is, what is this trying to, what is she trying to teach me right now by asking me these questions, by really getting to the heart of why I want something. <laughs> it's about um, the trust, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And so I was like, you know what? There's no rush. First of all, I mean, the first thing I heard was slow Mm -hmm. down. And, um, and I think that that, you know, I think sometimes I, I love that I don't have like hype people who are just like, yes, 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 yes. All the time. Yes. You do that. Encourage me like all the time, because the thing that's common between all the people who've said, no, don't do that. Who were veterinarians. And I was like, do you just hate being a vet? They don't. Right. (laughs) They, they just are like, they just see something in me that they're like, it's not really compatible with that particular career. It is compatible with the field, just like not there. Like we need you over here and you're, you know, might this make you happy? Explore that. Not saying don't go do this other thing prescriptively, but like explore your strengths, explore your areas of interest. Maybe they don't actually lead you in that direction. Um, and I think that that's, you know, I also have to take into account, like, if this many people who've known me for a while and who, who I respect and who I trust are all saying the same, are all seeing similar things in me and saying the same thing, like, maybe I should listen, mm. right? Maybe I should listen and, and at least take to heart what they're trying to tell me and, and believe it. Because maybe they're seeing something they believe in me that I have not believed in about myself. Yeah. And that's the value of friendships, mentorship. In, whether it's informal or formal, right, um, is there are people who can see see you in a way that you can't see yourself. Um, yeah. And that helps you grow. Yeah. And I love what you just said because I think, you know, some people listening to this are like, well, what if she really wanted to go to vet school? Well, if you'd really, 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 really wanted to, you would have just done it. Like you would have been like, you know yeah. what? Thank you all for your generous input. I'm going to vet school, you know? Yeah. And there's yeah. a there's nothing about mentorship takes away your agency to do what you really want to do. Right. Um, that's not mentorship. Right. If they're like, you can't do that, or I don't think you can do that. That's not mentoring. That's something else. Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny because it sounded like discouragement mm-hmm. at first. I was like, you're discouraging me. And it's like, and now... I'm like, that wasn't discouraging. That was just exploring. Yeah. You might still end up yeah. there, right? But let's explore some of these other options before you make it. Just don't rush into yeah. it, right? And so I thought that was really helpful. And I also think that it really helped me ground myself in being like, yes, being a technician who's not on the floor <laughs> is still a valuable uh, identity it's still valuable to have in this profession. It's still needed in this profession, right? It's very rare for me to meet technicians who are not on the Mm -hmm. floor. Um, And so I think what I heard there, you know, it was kind of like, I was kind of like, what's my place if I'm not in the clinic? Yeah. Right. And what everyone was saying was like, there's, there are other things that you could be doing. Um, And I think one of the things Tina said was like, again, with that, like, Maybe your path isn't written yet. Maybe the thing you end up doing, you invent. Yeah. Like, you know, like, have you ever thought about that? And I was like, oh, that's exciting. That sounds really, like, exotic. I like it. 
<laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, I should be dreaming bigger. <laughs> I, well, what, that, that's what's really valuable about sometimes, quote unquote, being discouraged, mm-hmm. right? Is that it allows you to find something else. And yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's, it's like I look back now on leaving the clinical setting. It, it, for a long time, I saw it as a failure. Mm. And I look at it now as like, oh my gosh, look at everything I learned from that decision, um, who I, who I've become and how I returned, Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, knowing what I know now. Um, but at the time it was like the worst possible thing that could ever possibly happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't, that was a thing to me is I didn't want to be a statistic. Yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, the technician who's here for eight, 10 years. And then it's like, it's not for me anymore. Yeah. I, I was fighting against that. And then I realized like, you're still one, even if you're not clinic, you're still a veterinarian. If you, you don't work clinically, yeah. right? Like, um, it just, I think that those stories aren't out there enough that I think many of us lose perspective and then struggle unnecessarily, mm. you know, thinking that like I've lost a part of myself or I have to grieve a part of myself. It's like, you can be that that person, you can still be the vet, you can still be the tech or the assistant and not be working there and still, you know, and, and still have that identity and, and utilize it in a completely different way or not at all for a time if you need yeah. to, right? doesn't make you, yeah, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, but I think it's the value of even informal mentorships. And I wouldn't classify this conversation with Tina as an informal <laughs> mentorship either, but just you know, having someone who knows you or who's gotten to know you um, or who's just getting to know you and can ask you the right questions so that you can come to the answers that are meaningful for you. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, doesn't have to be the same identity. doesn't have to be like, like Tina and I are different. Right. And it was just, again, it's someone who can say, I understand. I believe you. Let me listen to you. And, um, here's, here's, here's what I think, or here's, here's what I'm seeing. How does, you know, what do you think? She actually said, like, what do you think about that? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I had never thought of that before. (laughs) She was probably kind of, Um, I mean, I would imagine that she was probably kind of like, I don't know how she's going to take this, but I'm going to say it, you know, it's just like, yeah, she, yeah. she <laughs> because she cares about you. She was like, I know how this yeah. sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really, really cool. And, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. And so I want to close out here with just the, when we talked on the phone before this, we had like an epic Zoom mm-hmm. call. It was amazing. It was, I think we had like 30 minutes scheduled. We were on like for an entire afternoon. It was, it was amazing. It was a great conversation. And you said like, you dropped all these nuggets, um, some of which I wrote down because they were just too good. And one of them, you said um, that you want people to know, or you want people to take away that I believe what you said was before you say it's not possible, think what would it look like if it were possible? Um, And that applies to so many things like in your conversation with Tina, you know, like, well, what do you mean? I Mm -hmm. should not go to vet school and like think about doing something else with my life. Like, wait a second, what, what could that look like? And how could you live that life and and have it be an even fuller life? Um, And you applied this to mentoring too, that a mentorship is not one size fits all. And a mentor has to be open to um, arrangements that maybe are not exactly what they had in mind when they were like, I think I want to be a mentor. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. I think people have like a lot of preconceived ideas mm-hmm. of what of what that relationship looks like. And I think, you know, I think that sometimes that puts unnecessary pressure on the mentor yeah. in particular. I have to be available all the mm-hmm. time. I have to be I have to be able to give them advice about everything, and if I don't know, then I have to be able to figure it out, yeah. right? Or and it's just like if you don't know, say you don't know yeah. or let me let me find someone who can help you with that. That's not my area of expertise. I'm actually working on that myself, right? Like, <laughs> let's find a resource together yeah. that helps us understand this challenge that you're facing. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't remember saying that. It sounds so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was um, cool. I, I was cool <laughs> enough I wrote it down in my little book. <laughs> you didn't know I was taking notes while we were talking. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, yeah, I think... I think, you know, I think where that comes from is that, especially in my work now, and I see it, I see it now kind of like retrospectively in veterinary medicine too. It's this like, no one's ever done that before. We can't do that, or we don't have the resources. I see it a lot in my work um, with organizations like around uh, not just DEI, just even like organizational policies in particular, like benefits that they would want to offer for their uh, staff. Um we don't have the money or we can't do that. Or if we do, I've seen it in organizations I've worked in, for example, where it's like, oh, well, if we, if we make this decision or if we publicly communicate that to our audience, we're going to lose donors or we're going to lose clients or we're going to, right. And so what if you don't though? Like, what if you make that decision and something, something good happens or something unexpected happens? It's not, not the worst case scenario. Um, and so I, I tell a lot of people I work with, I said, you know, it seems impossible now, but that, like, the more you think that thing is impossible, the less you actually try to think creatively of mm-hmm. how it could be possible, right? Or maybe you think the only way this is possible is one way. I've got to, I've got to do it this way, right? Yeah. And that's, it's a mind, it's a mind block. Um, and it really, like, just having that kind of mindset puts you like it it makes it so that you don't explore the what ifs or what if we did it this or what if this was possible so i tend i tend not i tend not to do that myself i try not to i try to check myself when i'm thinking oh this is the only way um and i think that or this is impossible especially organizations oh it's impossible we we don't have the budget to offer sabbaticals that's that's wild how could we ever do that we don't so okay so if you say that we don't and we can't then you'll never yeah right? Um, You won't even consider what could be possible. So it's looking at, okay, this is the budget we have, or this is, this is what we have to work with. How do we maneuver that? Or how over time doesn't have to be perfect. What's a different way that we could offer something similar, that we could do something similar. Maybe it doesn't have to look like that thing that we thought it was going to look like, but maybe it could be just enough. Um, And I, I, I just, I don't want people to stop thinking creatively about what could be possible. I think in my conversation with Tina, I mean, that's what she did. She was like, wait, 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 what else is possible? Maybe there's something that doesn't exist yet. And it was just that, that nugget of like questioning that allowed me to be like, it just opened my mind up to other things and it helped me slow down and it helped me reevaluate and reexamine things. Right. And I think mentors in particular, like that's a, that's the power of a really good mentor is being able to get you 
to explore your own your own way of thinking, mm. how you think something should be done, or I'm leaning towards this. Do you see it differently? Something I say to a lot of people say like, well, here's what I think, but do you see it differently? Cause I'm genuinely curious. Maybe there's something I missed. Right. Um, and I think that that, I don't know, it's just opening, opening yourself up to possibility. And I tell people all the time, especially in organizations, I was like, well, how about we pilot that? Because everyone, Oh, if we do that, that it's, that's it. The decision has been made. And I'm like, Ooh, not many things in life are like <laughs> one and done. That. Like then it's forever. <laughs> <laughs> one and done. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, that's what they used to say about marriages and that nope. didn't turn out yeah. that way. Right. Like, <laughs> so like, it's not, I always tell people like pilot it. Why don't you try, well, try that for three months, see how it fits, see if it works, reevaluate it. If it doesn't let, let it go or try something else. Yeah. Maybe you learn something about yourself or your organization um, along the way. Just try it out, right? Um, and I think it's it's basically saying like take take calculated risks um, and don't don't limit yourself by saying it's not possible. You know, um, we're I think we're here today, many of us, because so many people <laughs> didn't think things were impossible, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so I think that that's. I think it, that's, I don't know, it's something I said, and it's, it's not something I've necessarily like, it's not like a motto I have, but maybe I just, it will be now. I always think to my, <laughs> yeah, maybe it will be now, but I always think to people like, Hey, don't be self-limiting. Yeah. Right. Um, like try and figure, try and figure especially organizational culture stuff. Oh, it's not possible for us to do. Well, what if it is right? Or how, how could it be? How could it be? How could we make it happen? If we, if we had the resources or how do we do that with the resources we do have? How do we get close, right? Um, success just might look differently than you had planned. Yes. I think that this, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this podcast someday <laughs> and I'm, I hope you don't, I hope you don't cut that part because I know someday I will need to be reminded that success sometimes doesn't look how we had planned. Absolutely. Um, and I think I'm going to have a guest on soon that actually I will have talked to you by the time we have this, by the time this podcast goes out. But that's one of the things that she talks about is um, what happens when you, when success doesn't look like you thought it was going to, um, which is a really interesting question. But um, we were talking before this about how neither of us can watch ourselves on video. Like I would never watch these podcasts back. I just listen um, to review. And uh, so I can send you the transcripts and then you could just... <laughs> Paste it up on your screen. Yeah. <laughs> you could do a post it. Remember this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it'll be important to me someday, I'm yeah. sure. I'll be like, oh, I should take my own. Again, like we started mm -hmm. with this conversations going in circles now, like, you know, get to know yourself. Yep. Totally. Um, before you go and you enter into that relationship and maybe it'll be myself giving myself that advice yeah. <laughs> in the future. And I was like, hmm, mm. I should trust myself more on yeah. that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes these things, they have their way. They do. <laughs> finding, finding, finding themselves back to I you. I think <laughs> it's important to note that not everybody who has, like you have so many amazing things to say and contribute. And also you probably don't remember them yourself all the time. And that's important to know, like no mentor is ever going to remember all of their advice themselves either. So um, you don't have to be perfect to make a huge impact in somebody's yeah. life. And um, that's a really, really important takeaway too. Yes. Um, Melody, yes. thank you so 
so much. I think we're doing well because I think our last conversation is like twice this long. So um, we're, we're doing well. But it's because we had a vague outline, probably. So, <laughs> but I could talk to you forever. Um, I could listen to you forever. I really appreciate you spending so much time and um, and dedicating yourself so um, so intensely to all of the things that you care so much about. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for emailing me. <laughs> Thank you for not deleting I mean, it. I, I yeah, I didn't yeah. say, are you sure you have the right person? Yeah. Um, and then uh, I wanted to ask you one more thing, which is uh, if our listeners want to um, learn more about you or ask you about consulting, um, where can they find you? Yes, they can find me at uh, my website, which is work with Accorde, which Corde is the word for cord in Spanish. Play on my name, but it's it's work with a c o r d e dot com, um, and uh, at the MCVMA website, which is mcvma.org. Um, we love people to join us and uh, help us help us do good work in this field. Absolutely, I'll put those links in the show notes too. So, thank um, you. Definitely check more out about Melody, and thanks to all of you for listening. Um, you can check out the twenty twenty three Aha Mentoring Guidelines now at aha.org slash mentoring. So please head over and do that. And we'll catch you next time on Central Line. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Central Line, the AHA podcast. If you love what you hear, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. For more resources to help you simplify your journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine, we invite you to visit aha.org. That's A-A-H-A dot O-R-G.